episode 17. Oh, yeah. Who thought we'd get this far, guys? Um, I didn't think all of us would get this far. I'll say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought some people would be ejected out of some torpedo tubes by this point. No, um, we're all here. Everybody's on board this week. I thought someone would turn at some point and there'd be a mutiny. Make their own. Some submersion podcast. <laughs> exactly. Competing submersion <laughs> competing podcast. Competing submarine podcast. It's in the works. I don't, think, I don't think there's enough room in the world for two submarine movie podcasts. That's what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Can I pull a gun on you? <laughs> then you just shoot me and No, no, then I get you off the podcast and oh. you start your own. Oh, okay. With my twin brother. Oh. And there you go. Scandalous. That's the start of it. All right. How are people's weekends going so far? It's good. Lots of movies. Watched two movies yesterday. Really? Two? Yeah. And then I watched Murphy's War today. Yesterday, right. my girlfriend and I, we watched, uh, we saw A Quiet Place, which was Oh, nice. What awesome. did you think of that? I loved it. Oh, nice. And I love then, horror films. Yeah. It, it was good. It was more suspenseful than I would say horror, but it was really good. Mm. And then we watched um, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, interesting. Interesting choice. Yeah. Definitely not <laughs> similar at all, but. Alex, how about you? My weekend's been fine. I watched King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, you, I you love it You see that, too. Uh, that whatever, the, the mullet, the guy's the main guy, he uh, ended up getting banned from uh, Twin Galaxies over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been in the news. Oh, yeah. It's been in our news. It's been on our radar, so I went and rewatched it again. It's pretty good. Wait, is that close? Is that close by to where you are? What? Why is it? Is it in? It's, you said it was in your news. Is it close by to where you are? No, it's in my radar. Like I pay attention oh, I to that kind of stuff. <laughs> You're just generally keeping up on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. You got tired Tom, of politics. How about you? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Um, I went and played in the Magic: The Gathering Dominaria pre-release. Um, oh my god! Super nerdy, but uh, that's how I met Alex back in the day. Uh, I was playing cards. And we ended up getting big into Magic the Gathering. And I'm still into it. And this uh, it's been 15 years now. And they've gone back to the home plane the, where the game sort of started. And it's reference, referencing all the old cards. So it was really cool. I, I made a note ahead of time. I really wanted to play in this one to see all the old cards sort of get um, reimagined. And did that. And I watched, uh, of course, our movies. I, I even watched uh, Ahead because there was a movie I really wanted to see on the list here. Um, right but uh no spoilers so did you do that on purpose or on accident what's that watching a movie ahead yeah because when you were texting about it i'm like oh man i hope brown watched the right movie no no i was looking wait 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 wait. i thought we were watching top gun (laughs) yeah we did watch top gun okay okay but we generally just watch top gun every week (laughs) no no it was intentional i watched uh i watched the movie that we're reviewing tonight, uh, right. goodness, I'm, I'm, our time frame's all thrown out. Uh, I think I watched it right after we finished the last podcast. Wow, you're always so far ahead of everyone else. We're all like <laughs> watching it like hours before. <laughs> yeah, I watched it this yep. morning. I, I, I've just kind of learned my lesson because you just never know what's going to happen. So I don't want to miss out. So I want to get it out of the way almost. There you go. Yeah. In case I, I text you like, guys, podcast this week in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, br- bringing it back to that Magic the Gathering, each time I think that um, that I'm the biggest nerd alert since I'm the brain uh, on this podcast, uh, you guys correct me. Oh, yeah. 
if we ever uh, get like a web page going or anything with like photo galleries and stuff, I can I can post my world on there. It is it is a nerdy abyss. Great, <laughs> starring Ed Harris. Perfect. Uh, and yeah, I've been just enjoying the outdoors. It was snowing. It was like blizzards earlier this week, and then it transitioned like magic. And this weekend has been gorgeous. And so, a couple of runs, some bike rides, just being out there in the farmlands and uh, enjoying the quiet and the seclusion that uh, you can't really get when it's winter and you have to stay inside your house because it sucks. We always talk about there's only two seasons in Minnesota. It skipped right over spring right now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, we have nothing that's really in the. You have nothing that's in the 30s or the 40s. Yeah, just nothing goes, in the 40s specifically. It goes jumps to freezing from freezing to just to 50, boom. 60s, yeah. Yeah, it's 60 plus right now. Yeah. So it's been wonderful and I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, but up until now it's hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about you? We got a movie, right? Yes, we do. We do. We do have a movie. And so we have no time for me. No. <laughs> Dive, 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 dive. Dive this up. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks since we did that. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Alex, what movie do we all watch this week? Uh, this week we watched a movie about a, a Navy, sh- I think he was a Navy guy. Really pissed off flying around to the plane for half the movie called Top Gun. Yeah. That's right. It's called Top Gun. <laughs> it's also known, a.k.a. Murphy's War. Uh, first title correct. was Top Gun. And then they realized that uh, another film would be released decades um, in the future that would be much more popular. So they changed it to Murphy's War. Yeah. Little known fact. Hmm. That's actually a Zach fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah don't stomp on those too cross, much. Cross that's cross a nice so, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And so uh, let's just let's just dive right into this guy. Um, right. So I mean, the cast in this was pretty great. Peter O'Toole's the main guy, and he's uh, acting legend. And um, multi Oscar? No, he never won an Oscar, but he was nominated like a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I think that's right. I don't think he was. I don't think he won. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And then, um, and he was in Lawrence, Arabia. He was super famous. And then his wife at the time, Cyan Phillips, was kind of the next biggest role in it. And then Felipe Noiret. And uh, yeah, it was made on location in Venezuela. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where the whole thing was set because it opens with uh, Murphy, our main character, uh, Murphy, uh, being the sole survivor of an attack by a U-boat on a merchant ship, right? It wasn't a, was it a merchant ship. Yeah, merchant ship, merchant ship. Mount Kyle. It was called Mount Kyle. Mm-hmm. That's real. I didn't make that up. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I watched Kyle. the movie. Yeah. I, I was sitting there. I'm like, did I just hear my name? Yeah. He's <laughs> saying it over and over again. And uh, everyone gets in. So this was kind of controversial at the time, but uh, or I guess maybe not at the time, maybe later. But they have scenes of the U-boat 
machine gunning the survivors of this um, you absolutely know, boat. unloading on them. Yeah, just destroying them. I mean, the, the whole boat has been uh, blown up by torpedoes and everyone's on fire and the water's on fire. And you see Murphy kind of swimming away underneath uh, the fire that's on the water. And yeah, everyone's getting like machine gun. And we flash back and forth to that and to him kind of sitting on a dock waiting for the submarine to go away. So he's all like mm-hmm. messed up. He's burnt. He's shot at. I don't know, probably shot. I can't remember what they had to do to him when he when he was rescued. But he waits there and they, you see the submarine go away. He sees it go up the river. And so he knows where it went. And then he sees another boat come and rescue him. Yep. Yeah. And it's captained by this French guy who is in charge of kind of that port area and it's a very very small location but you know at wartime all these places need to be manned and ready and you know he kind of controls all the machinery and stuff in that area well he's there for an oil company is that right it was an oil company yes yeah so this basically there's just an indigenous village and there's a mission and so the mission has a doctor there yeah she's a quaker so i didn't catch that the first time but that's what i read online and so Mm -hmm. she's a get totally against the war and is kind of left to, to her own devices of helping this indigenous you know, people that yep. live in that area. And oh boy, is it a big scandal because she's a female doctor. Oh man, boy howdy. And uh, so Murphy gets brought in and she's kind of helping him out. And of course, there's all these indigenous people like curious about this new white guy. And there's only, you know, two white people uh, around and he's a, a new one. And, and uh, he's, naked. he's naked and they've never seen a naked and man before. They're naked too. Oh yeah. And so they're all crowding around the room and he's, he's real self-conscious because not only is she a woman and basically like playing with his junk, but, uh, and his dick's like totally out, it's fine. Uh, but then all these like kids and, uh, indigenous people are kind of just staring at him. Yeah, so he's like, hey, what's going on? Not man? super happy about that. <laughs> It'd be a weird situation to wake up in. Yes. And so he's given a bunch of medication and stuff like that, including some pills that he keeps on spitting out. Mm-hmm. You don't get a great idea what that was. No. But anyway, he asked the yeah. doctor, he says, hey, what happened to that submarine that was here? She's yeah. like, what are you talking about? There was no submarine, there ain't no submarine. You imagined it. You you hallucinating and you're sick. So don't even worry about that mm-hmm. happening in the submarine. And we kind of jump forwards. He's a little better and he's like checking out the boat that rescued him. And he befriends the French guy who runs it because- Breezen in the movie. Is that his name? Breezen? Yes. I didn't even remember that. I just knew him as a French well, guy. They kept calling him Louis, but at one time they called him Breezen. Yeah, it was it was easy to tell he was French because he was always wearing a beret and he had a, a French bread loaf uh, in his hand at most times. <laughs> but um, I didn't catch his name otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah. he wants him to take him out on the boat and he's just kind of- He has an idea. Basically, he, he yeah. has an idea. He wants to fuck up that submarine. <laughs> like, he does. Just one goal in life at this point but, is to um, destroy that submarine. He's pretty excited and I thought this quote was kind of funny in the movie. <laughs> Give her, take me for a trip. Of course. It's a pleasure. And then we can talk about the British naval tradition. Hey? Naval tradition? Yeah. Get the drunk and catch the clap. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, uh, they <laughs> I mean, it's such that a just, life, it right? It just rocketed up to a 12-incher for uh, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was already pretty high for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that's, that's to be mentioned here is the French guy, Breezen, thinks that the war's going to be over soon because he heard through the grapevine that Hitler was already killed. Yeah, yeah. So there's all these rumors of flying and and Murphy and this becomes a kind of a trend. He basically says like ignore that bullshit. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not real. 
rumors are always flying. I think in his in his heart, he knows that that's actually probably true. He probably knew that the war was pretty close to being over before they were even his ship was even sunk. But he wants to sink the submarine. So he wants the last thing he wants is everyone to find out that the war is over, because at least in that case, like he has a reason to go out and kill it. He wants it at least to be able to say I was ignorant. I didn't know the war was over. It's no right. big deal that I sunk the submarine. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. And then we just take a little glimpse over at the German U-boat and the crew's all celebrating. They make an iron cross for yeah. the captain and <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, they make like, it out of job. a can of meat or can something. Can of sausage, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of just- Should have been sauerkraut. Yeah, they're hanging out. It does seem like they, uh, they're also anticipating the end of the war of sorts. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just kind of hanging out there. And then- as uh, Peter O'Toole, as uh, Murphy's kind of playing around with different things, they also rescue an- another person from the from the attack, and uh, it turns out to be the pilot of the the plane that uh, that I guess launched off of the mit- merchant or protected the merchant ship. I think yeah, protected or something like that. I don't know. It it took off, but the <laughs> they made it seem like. It wasn't known by the U-boat that this plane took off? Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't you notice? Oh, I think they thought, I think the idea was they didn't want it to be known that the boat was in okay shape. Uh, that the U-boat thought it had destroyed this plane gotcha. and it crashed. But in reality, the guy was able to land, uh, land it okay and just come out of it a little injured. Yep. And, and so he, he gets, said, I know yeah. where it is. Yeah. He tells, he tells Murphy where it is and he's kind of taken up to be uh, taken care of as well. And the U-boat, is there a reason the U-boat comes back at this point? Just because. Uh, Okay. So there was some kind of radio broadcast going on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has happened in last week's movie too. Radio broadcasts are always screwing things up for everybody. Yeah. So Murphy is off looking for the plane. All of a sudden, all these little rubber rafts come up. All the Nazis storm the beach. Right, right. But this is, it it was exactly this. Basically, the, the woman doctor had radioed informing that they had picked up this survivor Murphy, mm-hmm. an Englishman. It turns out to be an Irishman, but it says an Englishman. And uh and that, you know, they're gonna have to, you know, figure something out with him. And so that yeah, the Nazi boat comes back to find this guy. Now in the meantime they found this pilot as well. So they come in and they're kind of storming storming the area, not killing anyone, not really doing much, but they basically keep on asking where this Englishman is. Right. And uh they go they go up into his room and they kill him. And the, yep. at the same time, the Englishman, the pilot, kind of hides his uh, his jacket so that he doesn't- Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It seems weird <laughs> that the Germans didn't find it. It was just kind of yeah. like under the bed a little bit. Yeah. But uh, just to hide the fact that he was actually the pilot and not this, you know, kind of random person on a merchant mm-hmm. ship. And they uh, also survivor. blow up the radio equipment while yeah, they're there. Yeah. They destroy the radio equipment and, and off they go. And Murphy comes back and the doctor's like, oh, hey, by the way, you were totally right. That was a German sub. Yeah. Because they just came here. Yeah. Killed your friend. Yeah, sorry about that. And he's like, oh, well, okay. Whatever. Uh, not so. The friend is not so important. What's important is I found this uh, this plane and I'm ready to fuck this up. Now, this is crazy scene happens now where he fixes up. They have basically like a musical montage of sorts mm-hmm. where they're like, fixing a plane, fixing a plane, best friends forever. And then five in all day. And take off. Yeah. And so they fix up this plane and they he's put never it into the water. Before. And what's crazy is, and you'll see it in the things, uh, in the in the trivia or whatever, is he was really doing that. Peter O'Toole was doing that. Was he seriously? Yeah, yeah. not when like the, the flying scenes and stuff were green screen when he was actually like flying around and and they were doing like really close uh, calls with trees and right. buildings and stuff. That was all like stuntmen and green screen and stuff like that. Okay, but the taking off scene where he's trying to take off. Oh my that's gosh! Fucking Peter O'Toole, one of the greatest actors like alive. I was wondering who was doing yeah. that because I'm like, man, that pilot's got to be pretty good to take the abuse of the waves. <laughs> 
Because no, that was Peter O'Toole. He said, "If you want ever," well, his quote was, "If you ever want to know the look of sheer terror, look at me trying to take off in that plane." <laughs> it was, was unreal. Yeah, yeah. And that then this crazy. flight, this flight scene went on for ten minutes so straight. Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In an hour forty film. <laughs> yeah, they may as well have been like, like gotta get to us, feature length. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Don't worry, we get a we get a lengthy flight scene later too. But <laughs> so he flies around. Minutes. He almost flies into a bunch of stuff. But the important thing is he sees the submarine, and they don't really do much. Well, he's like skimming the village too. Yeah, yeah. It's really the... weird. If you're practicing, wouldn't you just maybe keep it over the water? I would keep it as high as possible until <laughs> I have to go as low as possible and land the plane. Um, but yeah, he he goes over the submarine and see it. And the submarine has an, kind of an opportunity to shoot. They hear him and they get the guns up and stuff like that. But they mm-hmm. don't really shoot him and. They, and they're, you know, they're worried. They're obviously worried about him and they know that he's going to come back, but they don't, they don't take him out at that point. Yeah. And so he's super jazzed at this point. He's like, I'm going to totally destroy this submarine. This is going to be awesome. He even starts celebrating on his way back flying. He's literally doing backflips in the plane and barrel rolls. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you just learned how to fly this plane. <laughs> yeah. And so he he's collecting all kinds of stuff, jugs and and petroleum or uh, and uh petrol and stuff like that. And because steals- they're going to make giant Molotov cocktails to take out the submarine, which doesn't seem like the best way to take out a submarine. No. But what's it going to do to light it on fire? Is the idea that you're going to burn everyone inside like heat it up like it's like a kettle corn and everyone dies inside like it doesn't seem to make it much sense no but he also at this time goes and steals dynamite from oh, the yeah, oil right. company yeah, yeah yeah that's supposed to do more, maybe that yeah. could have had more of an that impact that was supposed to be it yeah yeah that's true so anyway they start strapping all the dynamite to these glass jugs that are filled with the petrol and they rig up this rope mechanism that he's able to pull and drop this stuff from the plane onto the u-boat yeah, and he as they're as they're getting the the plane back in the water because he's kind of said like I'm gonna fly away. He told the doctor like I'm gonna fly away. At the same time, we get a little bit of him like falling in love with the doctor a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, you French guy, have you ever maybe like had sex with her?" And he's like, "No, no, no. Like she's a doctor. I respect her too much." And he's like. Well, if she wasn't so old, she'd be pretty hot, right? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, like, if she wasn't so old, she'd be, like, uh, pretty banging, right? Mm-hmm. And the French guy's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. She's like my friend, whatever. I'm totally friend-zoned. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, But like, clearly, he's, like, into into the doctor. He is. Uh, and, but he's also crazy, so. Uh, he's a little wild. Yep. And so he's trying to get into the water. He wants to, he's told her that he's flying away and that he'll bring up back supplies and all kinds of stuff. And she realizes that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Why and do she you have runs, dynamite strapped yeah. to your plane? That doesn't seem normal. Yeah. Cause she runs to, to, and she starts to try to stop him. Like, don't Louie, don't put him into the water. And you know, Murphy's like, Louie, put me in the water. And eventually Louie in almost, almost everything until the very end is like, I choose Murphy. Like there's something about like, he feels like maybe his life is being fulfilled. It's such like a, it's been all life that in boring kind of existence that he's bringing excitement back into it a little yep. bit. And he's just a kind person who kind of likes this guy who has so much passion to destroy the submarine. So he puts the the plane into the water and off it flies again. He's much better this time. He is. But again, we have another very lengthy sequence. This one is at least five minutes. Oh, yeah. He flies about around a whole bunch. He flies over the submarine and they have- um, It's super well camouflaged. Yeah, they're camouflaged and they have guns out again. They're, they're kind of waiting for him. They're ready for him. Mm-hmm. So they're shooting at him. They you know, kind of mess up his tail at one point, but he is able to fly over them and drop his, his bombs on them. And he's convinced that he's killed 
the submarine totally totally destroyed the submarine yeah. and so he's super excited and he struggles a little bit to kind of land it and he ends up landing it near the doctor place like he's been hiding it a little bit right. and now he kind of brings it back because like what's he doesn't need to worry anymore because the submarine's not there right, right. wrong not yes. the case uh because the submarine can he basically brushes off that like no big <laughs> yeah, deal right. and it's like uh we have to fuck up these indigenous people again sorry about this and Sails right over there. <laughs> totally just sprays people with bullets. Lights uh, whole the whole bunch. place up. Uh, yeah. Destroys the plane. Destroys a bunch of the houses there. They even shoot the canoes. People. Yeah. It shoots up the canoes. And uh, Murphy's up there because he's been injured in the in the flight, during the flight. And they go up there, but they can't find him. Mm-hmm. And so they go away thinking that, I guess, Murphy just escaped into the forest or something. And they're like, whatever. I don't know why they just left so quickly. And they're like, whatever. It's fine. He sucks, and we destroyed his plane. So who cares? Yeah. If that's how I thought he was going to take us down, maybe he's not that big of a problem. Nah. And so they they leave, and he kind of sits there, and he's you know dejected and all that. He has a but, pretty good quote here too. What's that one? <laughs> he's just talking to the doctor. He's like, "I thought I'd sunk her. I didn't." <laughs> yeah. No. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that about sums it up. That explains it. <laughs> so he has one more plan. In place for taking out the submarine and the idea, or especially since I think, does he hear that the war is over or he knows in some, some way that it's like, he does last hear chance. Yeah. He hears it, right? He hears it. He's going to take a barge that the French guy lives on and just ram the sub. Right. But how does he know the sub will be just like hanging out or is he going to go wherever the sub is? It doesn't matter. He's just, just going to, I think yeah. he's just going to go where it is. Okay. And when he was flying uh, back, he saw, didn't he see like an oil spill? Or an oil slick, so he knew. Well, he knew that's where he knew where it was hiding. But when they when he brought the barge out, it was kind of just in open water because the because the war had ended. So they were celebrating and shit and kind of getting drunk. Yeah, they were kind of out of out out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't know where how he knew that unless he he was just heading up river and saw the submarine kind of hanging out. If the submarine was underwater or something, they wouldn't have whatever. Or if it was (laughs) steaming out to the ocean, they would never have caught up in this barge. But Um, he does hear that the war's over, and he smashes the radio, and that's when um, Breezen's like. Why did you smash the radio yeah. for? He's like, I don't know. I'm wild. And- yeah, I didn't like the music or something. I can't remember what he said, but he said something where he's basically kind of brushed it over. Like, and and then the doctor hears that the war is over. Gets like a radio or something about, or a radio uh, report saying that the war is over. And she tries to canoe out because he sees the barge going as well. And he's like, no, no, he's like yelling at him, like, no, no, like. And he's just no. like, hey, how you yeah. doing? And like, and she and. Uh, Louis like, uh, oh, wait, is she saying something? Ha, ha, ha. Viva la France. And uh, Murphy's like, oh, I didn't hear it. Whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> and then they keep on going, steaming towards. And Louis seems fine at this point. Breezen, Louis, uh, seems fine at this point to kind of ram it. And then, but doesn't realize that, like, there's gonna, they're going to be shot at. <laughs> something like right. that. <laughs> so he starts to get a little nervous about this, this situation. But they're steaming towards the the submarine. And the submarine captain's called up to the bridge. They're all shit-faced. Yeah. Totally and even, <laughs> even the captain's like, hey, Germany surrendered. Yeah. Like, it's done. Yeah. You and don't got to keep up with this. Yeah. And that's when Louis even is like, they're saying they surrendered. And, you know, Murphy does his whole, like, I don't care, I didn't hear, like, whatever, and kind of keeps on going. And they're shooting up his barge, but it's a barge, so it keeps on going. And then- Well, the thing is, also, he said that, oh, when they shoot at us, it's just going to bounce off. 
but they're just lighting up no, the whole bridge. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. bullets flying everywhere. I don't know how neither one of them got taken out. Probably should have been hit once or twice. Yeah. Uh, but they steam towards it, and eventually the German captain's like, fuck, okay, dive, guys, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they dive, and it gets, and just at the last moment, they're able to dive far enough that the barge isn't, you know, low enough to actually clip it at all. Mm-hmm. And then, the, so he's like pissed, Murphy's pissed. And then they look back and there's something's going on with the water. And they're like, what's going on? And Murphy's like, it looks like they're blowing their ballast. So, and they're not rising. Like, they must be are stuck. they stuck? And it's, that's what's the case. They've, they've basically sunk into the mud and they are not going to get out. They can't. Yeah. So, and Louis, of course, is like how kind of being like, oh, that's really kind of sad. A bunch of people are going to drown and drown down mm-hmm. there because they've stuck their submarine. But Murphy's not done because they had a torpedo shot <laughs> shot at them. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, uh, the sub did shoot a torpedo at them. It missed them and hit the beach, which was also kind of garbage because he's like, oh, yeah. if we maneuver fast enough, you're in a barge. Yeah. Not You're gonna not going to be able to maneuver. No. And also, sometimes we see these things where it's like the 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 torpedo just has to get close enough sometimes, and then it explodes. Well, that could be remote detonation. Sometimes it bounces off and like no big deal. This one just came close and then very close. Them. Yeah. And then it went up on the beach. And so Murphy goes over to the beach and he's going to like hook up this torpedo. With uh, the crane. With the crane. And Louis doing this thing. And he's just like, this is it. And this is when you see him at his breaking point he's like i'm not doing this leave them to die it's just they're going to die it's very sad no matter what you think it's not even war anymore you're not at war with them anymore like <laughs> just let them die in peace why do you have to blow them up too and at some point breezen even says the war's over yeah. but murphy says murphy's war they're talking yeah. about murphy's war yeah. i think i wish he would have just said murphy's war yeah. isn't so at least you get the title of the movie in dialogue somewhere. That would be great. And it just speaks in third person out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Murphy's War. They'll make a movie about this someday. So Louis just goes off. And and kind of rightfully, Murphy's like, hey, I, I probably can't do this myself. I'll probably kill myself doing this, right? Louis, come back. And Louis's like, no. And he's like, well, maybe I won't kill myself doing this. It'll be it. fine. It'll be probably be fine. So he hooks up this, <laughs> hooks it up and gets over to the crane and he's pulling it. And I could have sworn that. I thought that was when it was going to happen. He's going to just blow himself up because he's like lifting this torpedo up and it's got the little cap on the front that's mm-hmm. supposed to hit and get depressed I thought that- and then explode. I thought when he was going to pull it up, it would just kill himself by like exploding the torpedo. Because <laughs> yeah, it would hit the sand. Yeah, and yeah. But no, it pulls up and it's lame, whatever. He gets it suspended. And he takes the barge over, kind of no big deal again, takes it over, hangs it over the submarine, and they're still trying to get out. And you see some scenes of them kind of like mumbling, like, he's not going to get an iron cross for this. Like, right. <laughs> well, yes, you're all going to die. That's an interesting way to kind of work work with that idea. Mm-hmm. But they kind of hear, oh, he's back because they have sonar and they oh, he's back now. And he lets it go. And kind of predictably in the 70s sense of film- the torpedo goes down, totally explodes like a torpedo is supposed to. He's kind of running away, but the crane falls over and just falls right on top of him. Yeah. And he's he doesn't like, even seem too upset about no, it. No, he's kind of happy. The, yeah. Until the boat starts sinking. Yeah. He's like, oh, man. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes down just like the Titanic did in Titanic, and the movie's done. Do you think this, Do you think Titanic was inspired by this film? I believe so. Yeah. It was directed by James Cameron, right? This film? 
Should have been. I think it was. This was his. This was his highest, second highest grossing film behind the abyss. (laughs) Behind the abyss. That's right. Nice. And so we came in under time. We did. We didn't even get to hear the sound. So let's just play it. Just we'll just play it. You know, just for fun. Did you do it? Oh, there it is. I guess I had to turn my ringtone on. It's a real sad sound. A real sad one because we didn't spend more time than we should have doing our recap. I mean, it's. I mean, you got everything you need to know. A lot of it was like fixing yeah. up a plane and then flying it around. Yeah, there was a <laughs> was lot like half, of fluff half the in film. This movie. Yeah, lots half of the fluff. film was lots. But yeah, so there's Murphy's War. All right, let's get right into some ratings. Um, Alex, let's start with you. What'd you think about this? Okay, I like the movie. Of course, <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it like an eight. Uh, wow, Ooh. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I I loved. Peter O'Toole's character, how it starts off like barely alive and then just sinks into this madman and it ultimately kills him. But just watching that all unfold and like how he seems so happy when he's patching up the airplane, knowing he's just going to go and try to find these Germans and kill them. Like, I don't know. I loved it. It was whatever. That's it. <laughs> I just loved it. <laughs> I but it I whatever. Do, I do want to personally call out all of the IMDb. Uh, users who rated U571 negatively because Germans would never kill poor innocent civilians in the water. They would actually go help them and give them food. Um, not in this case, once again, and nobody said anything about it. They did not it. watch Murphy's War. They then. did not comment a single damn thing about it on IMDb. So I. I this is a documentary, too, right? Murphy's War? I believe this was done. This was done. This is a documentary. I think it is. Very sad ending. You would wonder why the film crew didn't intervene at his death. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cinema Verite. What are you going to do? So, <laughs> I still liked it, though. I'll give it an eight. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brom, how about you? Uh, I'm going to be on the polar opposite end of the spectrum here. Um, from a perspective of the score i thought i thought the movie was a, a little awkward with the the music and everything and and just of course how it ended as well but the there was just like uh, i don't know if it's like with your 70s films or whatnot but the music would just like cut out and there would just not really be anything going on and there's just awkward you know silences and, and stuff in the movie and it kind of took me out of it that i was watching you know, you know it made me think i was watching a movie and you know lost the the element of uh, uh, suspension of disbelief, and uh, of any movie I've seen about you know World War Two, this seemed to almost humanize. And I mean, the, the the Nazis were still villains, obviously, in this film, but uh, it humanized them in some ways and didn't make them out nearly as bad as, as some other movies did. Um, and like as we alluded to, you know, they're at the bottom of the the river, there, stuck, and they're going to die. But now, like. Murphy is kind of like becoming the villain, you know, he's transitioning into, as Alex alluded to, the madman that uh, is still hellbent on uh, murdering these guys, even though they're on their deathbed, uh, their death riverbed. Uh, I was hoping you would go there. (laughs) As soon as you said deathbed, I was like, (laughs) you better go there. Come on. Um. And I think also, as indicated by how short uh, our review was, there was a lot of fluff in this movie. And, uh, you know, just waiting for him to lift off the, the the river when he's trying to get the plane airborne and some of the other scenes like that, even the intro scene with the flashbacks. Uh, there were just some really long scenes, um, just 
a little excessive at times and ended up being a lot of fluff in the movie with not a lot of uh, actual content that furthered the plot. And I was ultimately really bored with this movie. My eyes, my I couldn't keep my eyelids open uh, at times, and I do not want to rewatch this one. I have to give this a four and a half. Wow. That is polar opposite. Sounds like there might be a little bit of a fight coming up between yeah. you and Alex. Fight to the uh, death, maybe. It's not It's not what I want, but uh, <laughs> you guys didn't <laughs> like my U571 score either. So I did not. <laughs> All right, Zach, how about you? The only good thing I will say about this movie isn't even in the movie. It's on the poster. <laughs> I, I, loved I, the poster. How, I loved how the poster said World War II was just ending. World War Murphy is about to begin. That is a fantastic. Damages. <laughs> like, that that got inches. me so excited for the movie. And then <laughs> I I was so incredibly disappointed. The movie was not entertaining. It was, as Ben said, so much fluff. And I just sat there clicking through it to get through it. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a three. I will never watch that Whoa. movie again. All right. This oh, is a divisive wow. one shaping up here, boys. I'm going to I'm going to swing back towards uh Alex on this guy. Um the mustard man himself kind of trail trailblazer for my score. I'm going <laughs> to give this a 7.0. I enjoy 70s cinema. You know, this is not too different than some some of the stuff you see and you know kind of slower um a lot of kind of good bad you know, is the main character uh, kind of good or bad? You get to play with. You get a lot to chew on in that sense. Um, and this had an exotic locale and all that. Like, I enjoyed kind of moving through at the leisurely pace that this this provided me. Um, on top of that, it gave us a good game plan for when we eventually kick Brom off of the <laughs> podcast and he uh, rages war against it. Um, mm-hmm. We'll know all his game plan. I mean, first he's going to fly a plane around and try to drop Molotov to- cocktails on our submarine that we record on. Um, and we just have to be ready for it. <laughs> yeah. And and when they, when he brings that barge out, we don't, we don't dive like straight into a mud bank like idiots. Right. No. We like kind of go out to open water maybe. <laughs> maybe start the engine up real quick um, as yeah, he's coming can, towards you. Maybe get away. To warm it up um, just in case you do have to move away from the barge that's going super slow. Uh, um, I don't want to be uh, going towards a tragic ending myself, so I might have to pull some plays out of a different playbook as well. Ooh. Oh. Depth charges. You're going to death charge the shit out of her submarine? We'll just have to hold on. And eventually we'll get so tired that we'll surface in a crazy uh, plan that we concocted and we'll destroy you. Sorry, Brom. But yeah, so I give it a 7.0. I I enjoy it. I mean, I, I, I think Peter O'Toole is good in this. It's kind of a one-man show a little bit. And uh, and he was fun, a fun character to be with. I do think it had a lot to to think about on whether he was good and whether you really ended up sympathizing with the Germans. I mean, the war was over. Um, and you can think about it a bunch of different ways, but it was kind of sad. They were going to die anyways. I mean, I think that's the thing that's kind of the, the hardest to grapple with is they are dead. They've grounded their submarine. No one's getting that submarine up in time to actually save them. They are going to die. And yet he's still going to grab a torpedo to blow them to smithereens, maybe for the best. I mean, then they all die, uh, pretty quickly rather than suffocate to death. But like, that's kind of hard to grapple with, with him, just the rage and kind of, craziness that it takes to to take that out so mm-hmm. kind of interesting to think about those kind of things it is yeah uh, for me I, I mean it's kind of similar i guess to what a lot of people said online there were things i liked 
but this is marketed as a sub movie. Right. It's kind of a sub movie. It's more of a plane movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, the sub is the one of the main the subject enemy. of the film. Yeah, it's the main of, enemy, yeah. I guess. Uh, so it is hard. It's hard to imagine that we would do another film where someone was hunting, just hunting a sub from a boat or something like that. Right. That's hard to imagine, just because. You don't. You spend so little time on that sub, if if any time. Kind well, of. you get you get very few glimpses. Just a little glimpse, just a few of them. Yeah. As a result, I think it had uh, the least tension probably of any of the movies that we've seen to this point, just because oh, you yeah. aren't in that claustrophobic space of the submarine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And again, I do agree with what you guys said. Where you see the transition to Madman, that was kind of cool. Peter O'Toole did a very good job in this. For me. I'm going to come in at like a a six on this. So it's... We're going to come in about even, I think. Yeah, we probably will. It's it's actually going to get a pretty good it's score, all, right. all things considered. Uh, I, di- I didn't know Peter O'Toole did the flight of the plane when it was taking off. Yeah. That's actually very impressive to me. Uh, some of the stuff, like everybody said, a lot of fluff. Do I need 10 minutes of a flight? Whereas just skimming the village multiple times? No. Yes. Oh, sorry, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then, I mean, some of the stuff was cool. Yeah. I do wish we did spend more time on the submarine because um, we got only one gratuitous dick shot the entire time when the German submarine captain, as they were going, to, once they were stuck in the mud mm-hmm. and everyone was like, oh, he's not going to get an iron cross of this. He's like, well, how about this iron cross? And he pulled it out. And I was like, great. Thank you. I mean, he's about to die. So it's not that interesting now of right. getting to see it. But, yeah, you know, fine. Better late than never. Right. <sighs> It's true. Yeah. And then he was like, down periscope. Am I right? And everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's like, down periscope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's All keep right. rolling along. You yeah. got trivia? Oh, I got trivia. There's actually a number, a bunch of trivia for this guy. I was surprised. I thought this was like, I don't know if it was a, actually a well-known film and we just didn't realize it or I don't know, I did, but I had a bunch. Okay. So there was only one proven case of a U-boat intentionally machine gunning survivors during the whole of World War II. Um, it was not a policy of the U-boats. I'm not sure. I don't think they would explicitly spell out that being as policy. I'm just going to say that. It would be quick. a really hardcore policy to put on paper. Be like, actually shoot survivors. Um, I'm going to write that down right here. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Use a pseudonym to pen this. <laughs> so the only proven case was U-852 under Commander Eck. It was not carried out with any mal. I mean, they're really this trivia was trying to like really make it okay that he did this. It's so weird. He's like, I didn't wasn't carried out with malice. It was on a mission where secrecy was paramount, and so he they sunk a ship and then just then killed the survivors so they wouldn't report the ship. Fine, whatever. But the point, I mean, the point is, is that Commander Eck was tried and executed for the act after the war. Question: I mean, it would he have been if they lost the war? Who's to know? Uh, but anyways, I'm going to be honest. Uh, this is probably not true. Probably was not the only case of a U-boat gunning survivors. I mean, right. we even while we were watching Run Silent, Run Deep, even in the book that that was based on, the author talked about gunning survivors because they were worried that the survivors of a submarine would then man another submarine and kill them later. So you right. were killing them. It's so like, I'm sure 
on the Japanese side, on the German side, on even on the U.S. side, I'm sure survivors were gunned. And to claim that like there was no other reported cases of it is probably pretty ridiculous. And then you even say in the book for Run Silent, Run Deep, they're like ram those lifeboats. Yeah, they the were cell. ramming. That was the thing. They they didn't. I guess they didn't shoot. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe they didn't shoot many survivors. Yeah, just ram the they boats. just ram those lifeboats. Oh, I don't know. Okay. So I thought that was kind of a kind of an interesting trivia, just from the point of view of like what we've already seen in other movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and the fact that they kind of got some heat in this film for show for having that as part of it um i don't know if at the time yeah i don't know what the what the reason why people would get upset at that depiction in the end i don't know whatever uh so stars of the movie peter o'toole and cyan phillips they were married at the time of this film um uh they had previously appeared together in the 1969 film goodbye mr chips and they divorced in 1979 because love is dead um and then number three (laughs) Yeah, because Peter they Artool. made this movie together. Yeah, probably because they made this movie together. Like, you are crazy. <laughs> That's who I am. I'm just showing myself <laughs> on camera. And it was eight years later. Yeah. <laughs> when he finally blew up the submarine, then she was like, okay, divorce. <laughs> I could handle it when you weren't actually blowing it up, but now that you blew it up, what do we have? <laughs> um, Peter Artool performed most of his own stunts for the movie. Uh, the story is that after doing all the stunts for Lawrence of Arabia, he swore he would never do it again because of all the injuries he sustained. But he was convinced to do it for this one, including the flying of the plane for this one. All right. So the part of the U-boat was played by a Venezuelan submarine. It was the former USS Tilefish, so a former U.S. submarine, SS-307, which, if you look up, had like a kind of a ridiculous record. It mm-hmm. was crazy. It went on so many tours. Um, and then the floating crane was also a former uh, World War II tank landing craft. So they kind of retrofitted it to make it look like just like a barge. But that was for tanks landing oh. during World War II. And then Paramount wanted Robert Redford to play the lead. Warren Beatty was also offered the role, but he was asking for too much money. And actually, that was Cyan Phillips was already cast, and so she kind of pushed her husband to to end up being the lead in it. Yeah. Um, in 1969, Frank Sinatra and director Burt Kennedy were also planning this as uh, Sinatra's starring vehicle. So it would have been Sinatra in the lead role. They ended up settling. For, Frank Sinatra settled on Dirty uh, Dingus McGee instead. That's the name of a film, Dirty Dingus McGee. What? That's for real. That's a real film, Dirty Dingus McGee. I don't think it has a submarine, so we can't watch it. For, we can't can't watch it for this podcast. But uh, maybe just watch it in general. Just just in general, maybe. Um, I'm sure it'll be very disappointing. It's probably not. I mean, we probably would have heard about it if it was quite good. Dingus McGee. Yeah, doesn't sound great. Um, not a great. Bad. Not a great title for a movie that you want to get some people in the seats. <laughs> yeah, you guys want to go watch Dirty Dingus? I'm seeing this no. movie's coming out. Dirty Dingus McGee. Anyone uh, down? Anyone good? No. Okay. Uh, and so Frank Sinatra is a singer turned actor. He was obviously a famous singer, but also acted a whole bunch. So which of these other singers turned actor would have been a good fit for Murphy's War? Mm. What about Elvis? <laughs> what are we thinking, guys? What role would Elvis play? Oh, man. I have to put Elvis as just a random indigenous tribal person. It's a good <laughs> idea. I think late Elvis, he could have been Louis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> what about Madonna? Madonna as Cyan Phillips' part as a woman doctor? I could see that. She'd be a pretty sexy Quaker doctor. <laughs> Quaker doctor. What about, like, for real? You're a Quaker? <laughs> what about her as the Nazi captain? She's like all in like le- black leather and all that. See, if this was made, yeah, if this was made in like the 2000s, 100% that happens. <laughs> Sounds like Brahms uh, kind of got it in for Madonna right now. I think he might have a script already written for this. <laughs> Um, what about LL Cool J? Oh, 
Main ladies character. Love cool James. <laughs> yeah. Are we back on the Anaconda cast? <laughs> no, well, actually, the next one's also in the Anaconda. <laughs> was Ella Cool J in Anaconda? No, I think Ice so. Cube. Ice oh, it was Cube. Ice Cube? Okay. We just delved into some racist stuff here. Let's just deal with this and move on. But yes, that was Ice Cube. Okay. The Ice Cube. Uh, all right. So LL Cool J, I would, he'd be good as Peter O'Toole, I think. He couldn't yeah, out, he couldn't out duel Peter, outdo Peter O'Toole. You better believe he'd be doing his own stunts because the ladies love him and they love him for a they reason. Would. Because he, when he was in Rollerball, he totes, uh, did whatever they did I in Rollerball. about that movie. Um, they definitely did those things. And he was ready for this, I think. Ready for, you know, getting in that plane and flying it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if they cra- crashed it and died. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> we probably shouldn't have asked him to do his own stunts. Uh, what about J-Lo? Now that's an Anaconda actress. Yeah, J-Lo. Ooh. J-Lo would be also very good as the doctor. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't I'm want just imagining her, as... her real quick as a doctor. It's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want her as really anybody else, though. No. Probably not. What about Mark Wahlberg? Ooh. He'd be a pretty good Murphy. He would be. Because he'd it'd be tough. crazy. It'd be tough for him to, I think, be like, to show that he's truly crazy. Has he ever had to play like a crazy person? I guess in Fear, he was kind of like a weird stalker. But like, what yeah, else? I mean, does he, he's usually pretty straight laced and, you know, kind of the hero. Yeah. He's not really like a crazed person. Yeah, that's true. But he, maybe if he wants to stretch his wings, get that Oscar. Murphy mm-hmm. swore us the way to go. Murphy's War 2.0. What about Justin Timberlake? JT. I, <laughs> I don't think I could see him in this movie. He would. I think he would actually ruin it. It wouldn't be good. Yeah. It wouldn't be good. Okay. And then the greatest singer of our lifetime, Ed Harris. What do we think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Old Eddie. <laughs> Ed Harris would be great in this. Sure. Let's be yeah. serious about this. He'd be I really mean, it'd be good. amazing. He'd be really good. He'd, He'd get be the crazy Nazi captain, though, too. They could expand the role for him, yeah. And Harris only battles the bad guys. He's mm-hmm. got his rippling muscles. He's got his abs. He's already got his, you know, oil out what to about put him rock? on his abs. He is the bad guy. Yeah, but, you know, it's complicated. It is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> really, he's trying to, like, stop her. Ge- Geostorm. I really sympathize with that Harris and the rock. <laughs> what do we think, guys? Um... But yeah, I just want him to oil up those abs, get out into that seaplane, and take it up because he could definitely fly that seaplane. Mm-hmm. I believe in him. I think he could, and he would destroy the submarine without with those Molotov cocktails. He, he wouldn't, wouldn't even have need fucked Molotov it up like cocktails. Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole screwed it up. Not at Harris. He takes it out. It's a really boring movie, but he just takes it out that first time, and yeah, then he we, lives. Save forty minutes, and then he totally bones that nurse for like two hours. She's a doctor, not a nurse. Sorry. That was sexist of me, and I apologize to all our listeners and to women across the world. I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> and uh, and he would totally bone her, and they would live happily ever after in an equal partnership, because that's what marriage is. Wow. Yeah. Life lessons. There we go. Uh, and so, <laughs> to finish up my part, let's take this to the Phantom Zone. Ooh, let's see. Engage the Phantom. So this is a hard one. It's got a little limited cast, but uh, Ingo Mogendorf. No way. Ingo Mogendorf plays one of the German submariners. Oh, okay. Submariners. Sorry, submariners. I thought this was going to be just a random indigenous tribesman. No, they did not get credits. It was a different time. Uh, German submariners vote. Uh, Just the year before, he was in the Mackenzie break. 
where a bunch of German prisoners of war attempt an escape from Scotland via submarine. Uh, that film featured Brian Keith, who was also in The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, which is a comedy about a Russian submarine co- coming ashore in Maine. That features Theodore Bickle, who was also in one of the classics, The Enemy Below, which is you know one of the big ones that we still have yep. left for our series. Um, that features Biff Elliott uh, as the quartermaster, and he had a minor role in Torpedo Run, starring Ernest Borgnine. And we know how that happens. Ernest Borgnine has been a major part of a lot of these Phantom Zones because yes. he has been in at least three submarine films because he clearly loved submarines for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some reason, I mean for all of the reasons because we also love submarines and everyone should. All right. Yeah, that's Phantom Zone. Nice. That's Phantom Zone. It can always be done. Oh, easy. I mean, as long as it's not a uh, stinger, it can be done like a normal. Uh, unless, yeah, unless you're a terrible movie that's complete garbage and shouldn't exist, then it can be done. Okay. Yeah. Stinger reference. <laughs> it's it's sub 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 world world wide 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 wide. So the submarine in this movie, as Jamie alluded to earlier, is not an actual U-boat. It is a U.S. Ballo class submarine. Yeah. And to our faithful listeners, you might say, Kyle, you've already done that one. Well, I know. Yeah. So we we're know not going to do that one. We know that, okay? Mm-hmm. Get off our back. <laughs> and uh, as you talked about, Venezuela allowed Paramount to use this sub for filming as they had it in commission from 1960 to 1977. So instead, we're going to cover a U-boat that has actually, eh, actually recently come up in the news. Yep. The Type 21 class. Time to step all over Mustard Man segment. Oh, no. Don't worry. I won't do that. I'll just talk about this one. It's a Type 21 class. So these are diesel, electric, I like this, electro boots. Electro boot. (laughs) Just electric boat. These were designed during World War II, and they were produced prematurely, and so there were a lot of production uh, defects that went on with these. And they contracted these out to some inexperienced shipbuilding companies, which led to a lot of the problems. So there were 118 of them built. Only four were deemed um, combat ready out of 118, and only two of them were actually sent out. Wow. And none of them sank any Allied ships, although one of the captains said right before they got the word that the surrender was going on, they had a British warship in their sights. That sounds like he was maybe, you know, kind of tooting his own horn. Like, yeah. guys, totally. Uh, totally had this British ship lined up. But <laughs> Would have got him, but we're ended. So. Look at that stupid radio signal. Yeah, um, so this Did, was, That didn't stop Murphy. No. No. You just smash that radio. Let's go. Yeah. So this was the first submarine that was designed to be mainly operated while submerged, because we've seen in other movies where a lot of the times... The subs would run on the surface, and they would go, and they would only submerge really to get away or to stay hidden. But this was actually made to stay underwater for most of the time. They had large amount of batteries, which let them do this, and they could even recharge the batteries while they're at snorkel depth, which can lead to some problems Um, (laughs) because you're venting all through the snorkel, and you can only cruise around at six knots. Otherwise, you'd snap it off. (laughs) <laughs> or um, if the valves, there were valves on there that prevented seawater from being sucked into the engines. And if those slammed shut, it would draw, the engines would draw air from the boat and it would create a vacuum, which would put an intense pressure on your ears or could even rupture your eardrums. So probably not uh, super fun. 
That all being said, it says that these were much improved over the Type 7 class. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no, only four. It sounds like them. it was terrible. Yeah. So these were 251 feet, 8 inches long. They had two diesel engines that generated 3,900 horsepower. The electric motors generated 4,900 horsepower. Boom. So it's kind of weird. They can go faster, you know, for a time frame like this. They can go faster while they're submerged. So on the surface, they can cruise along at 15.6 knots, 18 miles an hour. Submerged, 17.2 knots, or 19.8 miles Wait, an hour. what? That's really fast for, for submerged, submerged, right? Yeah. Yeah, wow. And while they're submerged, they can run silently at 6.1 knots or 7 miles an hour. Wow. So the range on these things, 15,500 nautical miles or 17.8, sorry, 17,800 miles at 10 knots or while submerged, 340 nautical miles or 309 I can't read today, 390 regular miles at five knots. So you'll be cruising along for a long time. It's not insult nautical miles and call That's them regular not. miles. I didn't. You said you regular miles. You said the other mi- regular, our, our miles that we use in yeah. our day-to-day life were regular miles. They're just oh, miles true. and nautical miles. They're equal standing miles. That's true. So anyway, they can, <laughs> test depth was down to 787 feet. Crew carried five officers, 52 enlisted men. And because these were, on a lot of the older submarines, we see that they have a lot of deck guns and that type of stuff. These didn't have as many. So they had six 21-inch torpedo tubes. Hmm. They held 23 torpedoes, hmm. or you could have 17 torpedoes and 12 mines. But on top, they did have four flat cannons, which are more commonly, re- well, probably more commonly referred to as flat cannons, but they're anti-aircraft guns. And so after the war, a couple nations got their hands on these, and... Um, France, UK, Russia, and the US use these for testings, testing like the equipment and that type of stuff, or weapons testing. So you just send it out somewhere, you blow it up. Right, like uh, in uh, Down Periscope. Right. They were sinking the submarines. Yes. And so the US did that with one of them, but on the other one the uh, that they ended up scrapping, President Truman actually went on it, and the sub dove down to 440 feet. Wait, do you, is he the only... Other presidents have submerged. Is he the deepest diving? I'm not sure. President? I haven't looked that up. Might be something to figure out. Yeah. And then we can, you know, eventually get elected president and go deeper. Mm-hmm. We just need to know that when, when we get elected, we know exactly what to do day <laughs> one. Day one. So what are you going to do? I'm hopping in a sub and we're going to dive really deep. Uh, Truman went 440. I'm going 441. Yeah. Let's go, guys. <laughs> and uh, so there's actually a lot of wrecks of these out in different places. So there's one that's 70 nautical miles west of Key West, Florida. Uh, this is the one that they blew up for weapons testing. It's 213 feet down, and divers can actually visit it. You have to be experienced uh, due to the depth. And there's four off the coast of Northern Ireland. Germany was actually able to recover one that was scuttled, and that's the only surviving one and it's on display in Bremerhaven, Germany at the German Maritime Museum. A road trip. Yep. We're driving there, guys. <clears throat> we'll pick you up on the way in our submarine car. That. All right. The car transitions to a submarine. It's just going to take us uh, several months to cross the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, it probably will. We can document the journey and our deaths. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this month, actually, April 2018, one of these was discovered North of Skagen in Denmark. And that's it. That's subs worldwide. And that one's probably filled with Nazi gold. And yes. time to get our hands on it. This is a real. Somebody's seen Black Sea. We know what's going on yeah. on those subs. 
makes sense. This is going to be kind of like a heist movie, like Italian job, but with like getting gold off of a submarine. We'll use submersibles. Yeah. Maybe there's like frozen Vikings down there too. Almost Ooh. certainly. Are we kidding? Like frozen zombie Vikings. <laughs> and like then we, we steal the gold and we sell the rights to HBO. This is where we just hear him typing in the background as he's writing out the script. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it James and the Giant Peach where they go underwater and all those Viking I zombies? don't remember because that was released decades ago. Get Madonna on the phone, damn it. Yeah. Brown needs this. All right, Alex, you got any news for us? Update on Alex. Um, breaking news. Alex had to get called out for work, so he is no longer in this, in this call. Oh, what? man. Yeah, he dropped out, but I did find an article. I can take his spot. Oh, let's do it. And that's the Zach, Zach fact version. The the the, the uh, alternative fact is that he did not like that Zach and I gave it a four and a half and three <laughs> Straight up left. And just left. <laughs> Rage quit the podcast. It was right <laughs> as we were giving our ratings. Right after Zach gave us three, I saw Alex disconnect. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, Zach, can you promise us that this is not going to be a Zach fact type situation and that you're not going to make up some new story? Um, not I that do. Zach facts are fake because they're obviously real, but I'm just a little, I just want to make sure that. The, the news will be real. Can you give your citations? This is 100% real from npr.org. Okay. Now, Kyle, you did just mention uh, Subs Worldwide, and you lost me about halfway through your segment. But um, what- <laughs> <laughs> Not unlike this movie. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what, was the, what was the name of the sub that you were talking about? The Type 21. Okay, so this is different. All right, so here we go. This is a news story. Here's the title. International News says... Missing Nazi submarine found near Denmark. Spoiler. Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it just say like XX1? No. Oh. Oh. It's the sub. It's the sub is U3523. Yeah. That's it? Well, I think that's, I believe that this, oh, yeah. is, this is the news story. Yes. yes yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, yeah. But did this you describe same, this? Same yes. This is the same. This is the sub that he just described, but he didn't really describe in detail the news story. So keep oh, going. This is perfect. So it's connected. All right. Well, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Hitler was not on this. Because uh, that, allegedly, <laughs> that, is that is not theory. confirmed. That is not confirmed. We are not breaking that news. Hitler was probably on that submarine. TMZ, TMZ is still investigating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess so the rest of it is, is the fact, I mean, so they found the sub and all 58 people were dead and one would assume. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I mean, living, they, 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 living they, there, like, <laughs> is the war still going on? It's just well, one of those. Yeah. It's one of the subs that they're talking about that when the war ended, they just hauled ass and, uh, there was rumors that Hitler was on there as well. So, wow. Hmm. It sounds like they debunked my frozen Viking zombies as well. This this news story is also uh, this. These were researchers from the Sea War Museum in Jutland, <laughs> northern yeah. Denmark. So there we go. It would have been amazing if they found people on there, and then they were like, "We're actually not. We're not from that time. We're actually the grandchildren of the original submariners," and they were able to start breeding with each other. Uh, without females. That'd be some kind of asexual reproduction. No, it's still sexual. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just like Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, That's again, a new movie. Uh, tr- uh, trademark. Do we trademark this or what do we copy? Uh, uh, patent pending. Uh, I'm not sure that's a patent, but. Uh, Zach's our um, copyright lawyer. 
Yeah. So, so what do we do? What do we Kyle, say at this point to make sure that this uh, plot about um, Nazi submariners who have sunk, becoming able to turn into females and breed, and then eventually being recovered, and they're an advanced species of humans that then um, attack the world? Uh, what do we have to say now to make sure we have the rights to that? At this time, this is a need to know basis, and our listeners don't need to know. <laughs> All rights reserved. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Do we have a Do we have a countdown? We do. Ooh. Here we go. Okay. I'll try to make it quick here. Uh, so as we know, we watched. No Murphy's need. War. No need. Let's keep going for a couple hours. We got this. All right. All right. Okay. I'll take my time then. <laughs> here's Here's the exposition. Uh, so as we watched, uh, as we know, we watched Murphy's War. And uh, I, I reviewed it pretty low, as, as we saw here. And this is probably my lowest rated movie with a possessive proper noun in the title. Wow. So I know what you're wondering. What are the top 10 movies with possessive proper nouns in the title? I am wondering <laughs> that. Everybody wonders this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of when I'm looking at movies I want to take my wife to. For sure. Top of it is like, does it have punctuation in the title? No, I'm out. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> you gotta have that punctuation. Gotsta. Uh so as we know, there's we've got we've got Rotten Tomatoes scores, IMDB scores, we've got Metacritic scores. What about the Brahm score? All right. Ooh. So the Brahm score combines the IMDB score, the Rotten Tomatoes critic score, the Rotten Tomatoes viewer score, and the Metacritic score combines them together and averages them out. And these came out to be the top ten movies. With possessive proper nouns in the title, so I need to I need to jump in real quick. I just want to make sure uh, I, I'm understanding the metric that you've created here um, as the brain. Uh, so did you normalize? You just add those numbers together and then uh, they go from there. Are they all out of ten? Yes, oh, they're all out of ten. Okay, they're all out of ten. So I, like can, still- I converted them to ten where, where where they were not. If they were like on a score of five, yeah, I feel like you still got to normalize these things. But continue. Hey, I'm not the brain. I don't need to be doing these things. I can uh, fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> it's, it's, the bra- it's the bra metric. That's right. It's the bra metric. I'm sorry. I, I was thinking of the brain metric. It's the bra metric. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But in spite of all that, this is the definitive top 10 list, even though I may have probably forgot 50 or 100 or 1,000 <laughs> movies that have possessive proper nouns in them. Nonetheless, number 10 is Logan's Run. It's a 1976 sci-fi flick where everyone dies at 30, and the Brahm score is a 6.5. That's pretty good. So when you get to one, I'm going to guess it, okay? Okay. I have an idea. I'm waiting for it to come up. And I've got I'll, one that I'll let you, I really I'll let you do the top three when we get up there, okay? Okay. Yep. All right. Number nine, Charlotte's Web, the 1973 animated version, came out to a 6.63. I enjoyed that one as a kid. I'm surprised it was that low. Yeah. Talking pigs and spiders and stuff. It's great. People love that. Yeah. It's real sexy. Number eight is The Devil's Advocate, 1997, (laughs) Pacino and Keanu Reeves. (laughs) It's number eight. Wow. Okay. What a score is a 6.65. Wow. Number seven, Charlotte's Web, the 2006 live action film. Oh, get out of here. The anime version, much better than that. Yeah, well, Dakota Fanning has something to say about that. No, when it's live action, you just, (laughs) it's not as like, um, yeah, it's not as beautiful and sexy as when it's well, animated. When it's animated, you can really get into it, you know? Well, it, it uh, only won by uh, five one-hundredths of a point. It has a 6.68. That's pretty good. Hmm. 
number six, Jacob's Ladder. This is a mind bender from 1990 featuring Tim Robbins. Yeah. 6.90. So spoiler for our listeners, this entire podcast is a Jacob's Ladder type situation where we will uh, wake up um, and realize this was all a dream, a terrible, terrible dream. I'm, I'm I think pretty, that's Jacob's I'm pretty self-aware I think that's Jacob's of that right now. <laughs> I'm pretty self-aware. It's one of those dreams where you're able to control what's going on. A lucid dream. Uh, number five is Pete's Dragon. This is the 2016 live action version. Oh, God. that movie! I tried watching that movie on a plane, and I was like, nah, I may as well just go to sleep right now. You watch movies like that on planes? Yeah. I watch really <laughs> hardcore violent movies on planes. No, I, watch, I don't know I why. going to say hardcore porn. <laughs> yeah, mur- murder porn. <laughs> yeah, there's just all these people sitting around me watching. What are you doing? Don't worry about it. I'm just watching this. Yeah, it's why you're always flying on like Czech airlines. <laughs> it's the only way you get porn on. What? Um, no, I tried to watch. I always watch films that I, I heard got pretty good reviews, but that I didn't don't think I would ever watch outside of being on an airplane. Gotcha. Beach Dragon was one of those, and I was watching for like 30 minutes, and I was like, I'm not nearly interested enough in this film. Oh man, you're gonna have to give us a top five list of those sometime. Yeah, maybe the ones that I couldn't watch on an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) Top five movies that Jamie could not watch on airplanes. Uh, Number four, Jamie, this one might be one that you probably watched and enjoyed on an airplane. Molly's Game. This is a newcomer. I just watched this yesterday. I literally watched this, or I finished it yesterday. I watched it on Friday. It's two two and a half hours long, so we didn't didn't do it in one go. Uh, Had to watch it on Friday and then finish it on Saturday. Hmm. Am am I getting this right? This is a Jessica Chastain uh, film about an Olympic skater that ran an underground poker club. It is. That's exactly what it's about. It's uh, it's Aaron Sorkin's. Um, I think it's directorial debut, but he wrote and directed it. And he's you know West Wing and um, Social Network and stuff like that. He's and Few Good Men. He's written a bunch of stuff. He's one of the acclaimed um, screenwriters of our time. And uh, yeah, he directed it. All right. Well, I got a seven point four. And we're to the top three. Uh, I'll tell you uh, some uh, honorable mentions are Weekend at Bernie's, Charlie's Angels, and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. So does that mean Weekend at Bernie's 2 is in the top three because it's not in your honorable mentions? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It could be. Could be. Oh, man. Because otherwise, I know I'm confused because it should be honorably mentioned at this point. (laughs) Do you want to take a crack at the top three? I've, I know I know what number one is. I, I do think. also. It's Jennifer's body. No, it's not Jennifer's body. <laughs> Jennifer's body is probably not even in the top three. Kyle, do you want me to hilarious. say what number one is or just wait till it's number one? Uh, if you want to wait till number one, I didn't know if you wanted to guess. I didn't know if you want to guess top three. Okay. Well, number three is Carlito's Way. Carlito's 1993. Way, good, good yeah. Al Pacino, Sean Penn, crime drama. 7. Great 5. film. Never seen it. <laughs> then how do you know? I don't. I just know. I I recognize the name, and so it must be good. Okay. That's one way to do it. Yep. Uh, number two. This one, uh, I might be throwing here. I think this would be one that you could guess is number one. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, 1961, Audrey Hepburn classic. Super racist. One of the most racist depictions on uh, on film. Was that, that, was a it, white, that wasn't a white who guy. you were going with at number one, huh? No, no. Schindler's yeah. List. Schindler's oh, List. fuck. I forgot about it. <laughs> Wait, that's not on there? It's one of my favorite movies, too. Schindler's List it's is amazing. It's not on Schindler's, there, Ben? Schindler's it's List. It's not on the list. Schindler's List is one of the movies where I remember I, I watched it. It's a very, like, um, 
you know, it's tragic and all that. Like it's just a very tough film <sighs> to watch. And I remember watching it just gripped by the entire thing and coming out of being like, that's rated like the number three greatest film ever made. And I was like, it's underrated. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, so, man. Yeah. I already said this is the definitive list, too. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> next, bron- next, next week it'll be uh, version two of the list. <laughs> Updated. I'm going to have to do an addendum to this. But number one is pretty darn good. Number one, uh, by a long shot on the list here, by the way, got an 8.5. And number two was Breakfast at Tiffany's had a 7.63. So there is a almost a one-point jump here. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I love Rosemary's Baby, too. That's a real good one. 1968 iconic horror film. It is. Ooh. It's a fun film to watch. It's interesting, too, just from the point of view, again, of like kind of 70. Is it from the 70s? Is that what you said? 1968. Uh, 68, yeah. So late 60s, early 70s. And kind of, um, I don't know. It's not necessarily what you would expect from a horror film. It has kind of a weird um, scene with the devil, like in depiction a little bit. Like it shows her getting like having sex with the devil or getting raped by the devil, I guess. And uh, and it, that's real weird. Um, kind of doesn't age super well, mm-hmm. but uh, but the film otherwise is is pretty great. All right, guys, that was my indefinitive list of the top ten movies with possessive proper <laughs> nouns. <laughs> Love it. Hey, ben. you did miss one of the greatest films ever made, Jennifer's Body, and also Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's uh, the park owned by a guy named Mr. Jurassic. Is there anything else you guys can think of that I forgot? Yeah, Jurassic Five's Park. <laughs> Um, Uh, what about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that should be number one Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey uh, both should be on there I don't know there's probably a whole bunch that you missed because that list was (laughs) terrible When you miss Schindler's List, it really uh, puts some uh, holes in my... <laughs> this this, this really does sound like the beginning of Murphy's work, because uh, we probably should just kick you off the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, guys. Well, at least we get to pass it over to the best segment of the show, what we have recurring viewers every week tuning into Zach Facts. Do, 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 Zach Facts, it's Zach Facts. When you're going down, get some Zach Facts. When you're going down. Uh, I you guys it. hear it? Are you ready for it? <laughs> I'm not, ready? I'm, I don't think I'm ever ready for it. <laughs> Zach Facts, here we go. Murphy's War, Zach Facts. We got five facts. Great. And that's it. It's good. Good number. Number one. The water from the opening credits was imported from the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Fact. It's interesting. You could tell. <laughs> it was just uh it was just bluer yeah. than Colder. most of the other water. It is an interesting yep. choice since it wasn't meant to to actually be in the Pacific Ocean, nor was it filmed there. But yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. That's why they wanted. They wanted it to be even more exotic than what it was. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> Number two. Originally the movie was called Murphy's quest to find the German sub up the river and win. But this was quickly changed. <laughs> I like that. That's a great yeah. title. Although Murphy's War is pretty good. I feel like they should just make other films titled Murphy's War. That's different things like hard-boiled cop, Murphy's War, taking down other corrupt cops, Murphy's War. I still love the, work. the freaking poster quote. Oh, said. yeah. Dude, World War that, Murphy. <laughs> I know. World War Murphy. I was like, that's oh. just awesome. They, they, World War II is ending. World War Brahm was just beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, number three, a remake is currently in development with Jack Black to play Murphy. Great. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. Do you have the Do you have the rest of the cast? <laughs> or they haven't ham- hammered out the rest of the cast for that one. He he he's, he's the only one. That's the only one that's been announced. Maybe so. he plays all the characters. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's kind of like an Eddie Murphy and Norbit situation. <laughs> it's going to be competing mind. against Brahms War, depending on when he releases. <laughs> Number four, the movie release was delayed an entire year because it had to be reshot. This was because. The set was originally designed based on World War One and not World War Two. It made a big difference here, <laughs> right in that tropical environment. Yeah the the Venezuela area really changed between WW one WW two, especially the indigenous tribal villages. They all had they had all they all had iPads by the time World War II. I screwed up that joke. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mumbled mumbled my way through a joke. Final. This is it. The final Zach fact. Murphy's War is known for having the most casualties on set. This is because the opening scene accidentally used real bullets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this movie. Okay, so merger ship. There are six hundred survivors. They all swim to an indigenous village after the first scene. <laughs> yeah. All right, strike that. One survivor. Yeah. He gets to the village. <laughs> <laughs> we found another one. Write him in. The uh, pilot. The crow is actually a uh, remake of this movie. Zach fact number six. Boom. That's a good, that's a good Zach fact. It is. Hashtag Zach fact. Tweet us your favorite Zach facts. All right. There you go. There you go. That's that's it. That's all I got. Tweet right. them to me. Cool. I'll make a list out of it. It'll save me some work one of these weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we do actually have a letter from listeners like you. Is this a real listener or is it one of our friends who wrote in? It's a real listener. Oh, my God. And now it's time for a letter from listeners like you. Came in this morning. It was actually, it was really funny. Uh, I cracked up because I woke up and I saw I had this email from harrykeedle at (laughs) (laughs) gmail.com. I was like, oh man, this is immediately calling me out. So it says, I found this podcast via a friend who recommended it to me. I'm not sure how she found it, but she pitched it to me as a group of guys who love submarine movies True. and aren't afraid to show it. True. It's a substantial subgenre of film. All these subwords in here are loving it. I haven't been able to find each movie and actually watch it, and getting subtitles are even harder. <laughs> but thanks to weekly summaries, I feel as if though I have a better grasp on the attempted subtleties of the subjects, even the subpar movies. Good. <laughs> I'm enjoying great. them now, too. Yeah. And so uh, he said the episode with the interview was awesome. The conditions of being on a sub sounded so harsh, and I have a new respect for those who serve on them. He also included a few questions, but I'll save those for when we do our next interview with Follow the submariner. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> anywho, since El Capitan mentioned an accidental dick moment from way back in the that's day. That's way, yeah, that's a long time ago. Yes. The conditions, sorry, I just lost where the heck I was reading. I thought I would write in a couple that happened to me recently. So we got one for this week. So I was walking around my university with some guy friends when one of them waved to this girl that was passing us. She stone cold looked him in the eye and kept walking while we razzed him about the tragedy that had just unfolded. 
He told us she was in his study group and he had seen her weekly for months. He didn't understand why she wouldn't acknowledge him. Turns out this girl has a identical twin that who was what they just passed. She wasn't ignoring him, but she didn't know who he was. So in this case, she was at an or accidental dick, right? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. I was I was cracking up about that. That was great, was, listener that's mail. That's just too good. See, that never happened to me and my identical twin brother because we were um, just generally dicks, so we were never accidentally dicks. We were just, <laughs> just doing it on purpose. Yeah, we were just stone cold stare at people all the time and just be like, no, no way. At the end of the email, it did also say, P.S., how could you screw up Harvey Keitel? <laughs> how could you? That's a good question because I do like it when there's questions that we get to kind of answer. So mm-hmm. that's a good one. How did you, How could you screw that up? I have no idea because I was sitting there looking at it and it even on my sheet was spelled out Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> I just read Harry mm. and then Keetle. I don't know. It yeah. just came to me. You're the best, Kyle. We love you. It's a lie. I like you. <laughs> oh, before this. But I don't like like you. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.